day, what a day. Welcome to the JT The Brick Show. You know, when you put the silver and black uniform on, you get such a surge of energy. It's time for the JT The Brick Show. And a lot of football players around the country that want to wear that silver and black. JT The Brick. When you talk about the Raiders, everyone knows you talk about the Raiders. On Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Here's your host, JT The Brick. Out of the gate, JT with you as we get ready. It's Chargers week. That means the Chargers are on deck, just like Kansas City would be and just like the Broncos would be. And we look ahead to the matchup of the Raiders at the Los Angeles Chargers. Still really hard to say because there were so many great years and road trips and friends and amazing times in San Diego when the Raiders played down there. I'm telling you, some of the best memories I've ever had with the Raiders, including the Super Bowl. Unfortunately, they lost that game uh, to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers led by John Gruden, but that Super Bowl was in San Diego. It was a Raider rally like no one could ever see, and as the Raiders moved from Oakland to Vegas, San Diego originally was going to move to Carson. They decided on going with Stan Kroenke into SoFi Stadium, and they're there now, and that's where the Chargers are going to be, and it's been a disaster for the Chargers. Not on the field because the Chargers are a much-improved team. I I respect all these teams. I do a talk show. So today I have Sean Merriman on the show, who's a friend. right? I have friends. Sean Merriman played in this league, was a great player. He worked at Fox for a long time, so do I. And I got Raider trolls coming at me. Guys who never come up to me when I'm at the game, but coming up to me now, why do I have Sean Merriman on? A, he was a great player. B, he's in the rivalry. And he's a guest and he's a member of the media. So turn off the show if you don't want to hear Sean Merriman at the bottom of the hour. He'll give us good analysis on Bosa, the linebackers, the rivalry, and what's happening. My show, my guest, biggest guest on this channel, biggest guest in Vegas, Sean Merriman will join us like Bill Romanowski will, Gilbert Manzano, who covers the Chargers, Scott Kaplan, who covers the Chargers this week. I'm previewing the Chargers. And if Junior Seau was alive, Junior Seau, my friend, would be on the show because he's one of the friends that I made in the business. Again, some of you fans are out of your mind. You don't understand that people have a life outside of sports. Sean Merriman, Junior Seau, Warren Moon, who competed against the Raiders, right, played on other teams, are guests. They come on this channel to make it better. So today we have Sean Merriman on. And if any of you trolls or tough guys want to say anything to Sean Merriman's face, I'll bring him to one of my pregame shows, and you can all line up and pay 20 bucks to say something to Sean Merriman's face. I would love to see that. As a matter of fact, I'll pay $100 for some of the trolls who are on my timeline at JT the Brick who, who, are, say, who are talking crap about Sean Merriman. Sean Merriman, one of the toughest guys I know who's in the MMA business. How do you have him on? Why would you put a charger on the radio? Oh, my God. Look, don't listen. Go somewhere else and listen. Go, go somewhere else and listen to UNLV updates. We talk Raiders here. We talk Raiders here. We preview the opponent. We put the coach on, the legends, and everybody else. Okay? And you don't know how good it is for you. Just sit back and listen and call the show if you want to. And if you want to call out Sean Merriman, who lives in Vegas, I'll, I'll bring him to a couple of my remotes, and we'll have a nice line of all people that are going to walk up to Sean Merriman and say, hey, Sean, here's what I said on JT's timeline. I want to say it to your face. If I had a dime, a dime, or if I got a million dollars for every tough guy on Twitter who said something on Twitter and said it to my face, they're still, we're still at zero. We're at zero. We're not at like two guys or five guys. 
The Twitter tough guys, as one of my colleagues say. They're unbelievable. Well, they're anonymous. Sean Merriman. You got a problem with Sean Merriman at the bottom of the hour? Then get lost for a half hour and come back or listen to the other shows. So you got me all worked up today because I got a friend of mine on the show. I got Twitter tough guys wanting to fight him. Yeah, that worked out well. That worked out well. You want, you want, to, go, you want to go fight Sean Merriman? That would good. That'd be good. I'd have to. I'd have to come out of pocket and pay for like three ambulances. Three ambulances to come to to sit down with me at the M if I had Sean sit in with me, a friend of mine, for a half hour. We're brought to you by PTs. It's clearly the best happy hour in town. And as we begin, do you know that Golden Entertainment, which owns PTs and all these great taverns, they own Arizona Charlie's and the Stratosphere. Stratosphere has one of the greatest restaurants in the world at the top, top of the world. It's incredible unbelievable place to take your significant other or friends for a dinner. Arizona Charlie's, great place to sit back and watch games, local food, great menu, fantastic times when my friends go to Arizona Charlie's. They fuel the monologue, 5 to 7, midnight to 2, the best happy hour in town as we start off the show. If you want to get in, do it now so I can get you up after the monologue, 702-365-9200, 702-365-9200. 9,200, even though I was a little worked up. Happy anniversary to my mom and dad. My mom and dad today have been married for 59 years. Big deal. And I'm going to go back during the bye week and see my mom and dad because they mean everything to me. Oh, that was why I was vaccinated. If it gets some of you trolls and psychos all worked up, why me and the majority of people are vaccinated. I got vaccinated to go see my mom and dad in their 80s, and it's worked out so far okay. So, again, I got a lot to say on the NBA and the NBA players who are not vaccinated, and man, are they getting worked up. Bradley Beal doesn't want to get vaccinated. Andrew Wiggins doesn't want to get vaccinated. Uh, Kyrie Irving, guy who thinks the world is flat. By the way, dead serious, he thought the world was flat. That wasn't made up. Okay, that, that's made up, and he doesn't want to get vaccinated. So my point is this, simply when it comes to being an athlete, I only tie COVID to sports. I've never once brought up COVID if it wasn't for sports to clear up to get in the Raider game, mandates, this or that. I'm vaccinated. I love to remind people to get vaccinated. My cousin and best friend came to the game vaccinated. They got the clear pass. They said they had the greatest time they've ever had. They've ever had in their life at a football game was at Allegiant Stadium. If they weren't vaccinated, they were not allowed in. So they did. And some of the athletes now in the NBA, the NBA has a really big topic going on now because the NBA has New York and California So if you're not vaccinated, you can't play. So obviously, all these road teams, teams have to be vaccinated to play against Brooklyn, against the Knicks, obviously against the Warriors. So if you're Bradley Beal or you're another player, you can't play in New York and in California. You might as well sit the year out. So again, and if you want to sit out because you don't want to get vaccinated because of religious convictions or a prior health issue or something like that, I have no problem with that. But if you're ignorant and stupid and you say, I just want to think about it a little bit longer, your time is up. There's no more time to think. We're in a massive pandemic 19 months in. You no longer have time to make up your mind. Your mind's either been made up or not. So if you're an athlete in the NBA, sit it out. Give up your $40 million. Just give it up. Give up your $40 million bucks and, and just don't play. And, and that's fine. Wouldn't you have respect, more respect for any athlete? See, in the NFL with the union, you don't have to be vaccinated, but the majority of the players are vaccinated. Can someone call me and tell me why Tom Brady, John Gruden, and Roger Goodell are vaccinated? Because they're smart. They want to stop the virus. John Gruden wants to 
stop the virus. Remember, crush the virus? Well, John Gruden's vaccinated just for that. Now, you don't have to be vaccinated, but you have to sit in protocol, wear a mask. You can't travel this way or that. Can't be with your teammates. So the NBA, the NBA is now facing this dilemma. And I think they'll probably be one or two players that don't get vaccinated, and they're going to have to decide what they're going to do. And if they want to lose millions upon millions of dollars because they don't want to be vaccinated, then that's the case. All right, let's get to the Chargers coming up here. You know, I've been really fighting off the Chargers because of the media. I keep an eye on the media. I'm a member of the media, but I don't act like a member of the media. I hope you understand that. I act like a fan behind the microphone. I'm not a journalist. I've never been a journalist. I'm not, I'm not a member of the media who's pretending to be on my laptop at a Raider game and, and sending out two tweets. I'm a fan. And when I look at the Chargers, I don't like the coverage they're getting over the Raiders. Does that make sense? The Raiders were better than the Chargers last year. Fact, not fiction. They had a better record. And this year in the offseason, there was some magic dust sprinkled all over the Chargers by a few select members of the media that they're better than the Raiders. And they could be better than the Raiders, but they're not right now. They lost. And when you look at the Chargers and their record, they're not better than the Raiders now. So all I've been saying here is slow your roll with the Chargers. But I know how good they are, and I've said on the record they have a better roster than the Raiders. They do. That, that, that to me, is pretty obvious to see because the Raiders are decimated with injuries. The Raiders have a younger, rebuilt offensive line. And the Chargers finally have Derwin James back, their best player on defense, who's better than any Raider player, I think, on defense. Close, but he's a hell of a player. And they have Joey Bosa. And they have Justin Herbert. And they have really two great wide receivers who can go up and spot the ball. So the Chargers I have a lot of respect for. Until they beat the Raiders, if they do, on Monday night, they don't deserve all the coverage that they're getting over the Raiders. Would you agree with that? Power rankings have the Chargers over the Raiders. Power rankings have Denver over the Raiders. And I'm like, can you just go back and refresh and go on the computer and look at the records last year? But no one wants to do that because they don't give the Raiders the respect they deserve for what they've done in the offseason and what they've accomplished. So that's all I've been saying. Now, I think the Raiders have their hands full. As I told you, what I think of, the Raiders have a couple of big advantages in this game. First off, coaching. John Gruden's staff is a lot more experienced than the staff of the Chargers. Anybody will tell you that in the league. It's not that the Charger coaches aren't, aren't good. They're just not experienced as the depth of John Gruden's staff with the guys that he's had, such as Tom Cable, Rod Marinelli, Malias and Gus Bradley taken from the Chargers. Chargers had to replace him. I think the Raiders clearly have a better staff. Doesn't mean they're going to win the game. And the Raiders have a home field advantage at SoFi because as Paul Gutierrez pointed out a little bit earlier, and I retweeted that, uh, if you look at the numbers here, they're saying close to 75% of these tickets will go down for the Raiders. I said, for a joke, 83%. So I said 83% of the tickets. Yeah, Paul Gutierrez tweeted this out, home game for Raiders and Inglewood question mark. Vivid Seats fan forecast has the Raiders with 74% of the crowd on Monday Night Football. That's a big number. That's a really big number of Raider fans there. So that's an advantage. Other than that, I don't see much of an advantage. I mean, Herbert and Carr are both very good. But isn't it amazing that some members of the media are saying that Justin Herbert is elite Elite in his second year, but they won't say Derek Carr is elite. 
I think that's a fair conversation. It's a very important one. I talked about this with Mike Pritchard, who played in the NFL and is one of my very good friends. In order to be elite, you have to be at the level of Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady. Well, Derek's not at that level. He's not. But Derek is getting there, so I think Derek is, I've always said Derek's top 10, and other people have disagreed with that. And they said, no, he's top 15. Well, he leads the league in passing this year. Does he move a little bit up the power rankings or the needle? He should because he's leading the league in passing. But other analysts have Justin Herbert ahead of Derek. I call timeout. I think Justin Herbert's the best quarterback I've seen play at Allegiant Stadium. He is. I saw him all play last year live, including Brady, Josh Allen, Derek Carr, Marcus Mariota, Patrick Mahomes. The guy I thought played the best was Herbert. So I've given him that praise on record on Raider Nation Radio. I think he's a hell of a player. But I don't have him at elite yet because he's barely played a full season. Remember, he sat behind Tyrod Taylor last year until the Chargers injured Tyrod Taylor themselves. And then Herbert got the start and was the offensive rookie of the year, and he's a great player. But I'm not putting him at elite yet because I think it's going to take a year or two or unless you think he's as good as Mahomes because Mahomes was the last guy and he didn't play till week 16 of his rookie year. And then when he started the following year, we called him elite. I think Lamar Jackson's elite. The Raiders beat him this year because he's the greatest runner I've ever seen. So that has to put him in the elite category. So if Justin Herbert comes out at home and throws for three or four touchdowns and beats the Raiders significantly, the mass media in L.A. are going to pick this guy up like he's on a Roman chariot. You know, they're going to carry him around like he's a Greek god. Because L.A.'s got more media, much more media than Vegas. And the national media likes to do what? They like to kick the Raiders in the groin every day. So if Herbert beats Carr, Carr's on this unbelievable roll. People are talking about him on radio and TV that we're not talking about him in radio and TV. It will die out instantly. Mark my word, if Justin Herbert outplays Carr, all the attention's going to go to Justin Herbert. Because NFL Network is based in where? It's based at SoFi Stadium. Let me repeat that again. NFL Network, who I love, up here on the channel, we have a lot of guests. They're based in the stadium where the Chargers play. You don't think they're going to go goo-goo-gaga for Justin Herbert? They will. And then Derek Carr will still be Derek Carr, but they're going to put all their attention to Justin Herbert. So there's a lot on the line for this game. The ability for the Raiders to win a home game in Inglewood, which I love that topic, and then turn around and play the Bears, who are a mess right now at home, to go 5-0. and I'm not going to talk 5-1, and 6-0, and 7. I'm just going to take it one or two weeks at a time. So it's a big game. And the Chargers really pose one big threat, their ability to attack the Raiders the entire game in the passing game deep downfield, to try to expose... Jonathan Abram was playing well. Trayvon Mullen. Casey Hayward's a big asset because he played for the Chargers and knows their scheme. Right? Whatever happens, Arnett, they're going to try to expose the Raiders and the linebackers and matchups with their tight end and their passing game. And they're going to do a lot of things that they know the Raiders aren't good at, which is technically misdirection, where they're going to start a play one way and go the other way. And I think Gus Bradley's kind of fixed that. So that's what the Raiders have to deal with. Justin Herbert in the shotgun all day saying, the hell with running the ball. I'm going to pass it. I'm going to throw it 45 times. And if he does, the Raiders are going to have to defend it. 
and Gus is going to have to keep everyone in front of him and hopefully make some big plays and turn the ball over, which the Raiders were able to do. Right against Ben Roethlisberger, Lamar Jackson. You know, the Raiders bended, but they didn't break completely. But woo, they, they had some really rough plays on defense in the fourth quarter and in overtime. You know, they really struggled in the passing game, giving up fourth and eight and fourth and 20. So that was either a prevent defense that was installed by Gus, which I'm okay with, because last year was just the opposite. It was Mahomes baiting Jonathan Abram and then going over the top and getting beat that way. So if the bend-don't-break defense works and the Raiders are undefeated, well, keep it there, the cover three, over the top, play a little conservative. But the pressure is going to have to be on Justin Herbert. This is really a fun week for me to analyze the Chargers game and to see what they're doing well. And for a while, you know, Phillip Rivers, for a little bit, the Raiders love playing Phillip Rivers because Rivers love playing the Raiders. And the Raiders got the best of Rivers a number of times, but Rivers, you know, beat the Raiders dramatically a bunch of times. And LaDainian Tomlinson's going to the Hall of Fame and went. He's a Hall of Famer exclusively for what he did against the Raiders. But the Chargers have never won a Super Bowl. The Chargers have never experienced the greatness of the Raiders. The Chargers don't have the level of alumni, Hall of Famers, elite stories and games like the Raiders do. So that's always going to be a problem with the Chargers. And the Chargers have a big problem on their hand. They're trying to build a new fan base in Los Angeles. And the strength of that conversation is threefold. One, they have a great new stadium, which is gorgeous. B, they have a big population in L.A. There's a lot of fans to pick from in L.A. eventually. And most importantly, they have Justin Herbert. If I was Dean Spanos and I was the owner of the Chargers, I'd buy every billboard in L.A. and put Justin Herbert's picture up and say, we need you. We want you. This guy wants you because he's the only hope I believe the Chargers have to kind of sell 20,000 more season tickets or 30 or eventually get 50,000 Charger fans going because Herbert could be, he could be the next Aaron Rodgers. You know that. You know how good he is. We're not here to, we're not here to trash Justin Herbert. He's a hell of a player. So he's the only chance that that franchise has, in my opinion, to go over the top. So I'd like your opinion on how to beat the Chargers the remainder of the week. How do you beat them? I told you against Miami it was going to be damn close, didn't I? I took call after call. JT, 40-7. to We're going to win 34-14. I said, no, you're not. No way. Miami's good. Miami's defense. They have the best corner in the league. And the game went to late, late overtime, and the Raiders barely won. How do you beat the Chargers on the road? Let's hear from everybody who wants to talk about the game and break it down and find a way to win this game. It would be a glorious victory. Remember, it's on Monday Night Football. The whole country is going to be watching. We'll be broadcasting live from M Resort Casino and Spa right outside the Raiders Tavern and Grill. We hope you come out for Monday night. we got a great setup for everybody who comes out and joins us. Bill and Henderson, thanks for calling, Bill. Go ahead. AJT, yeah, well, Andre James messed up Carr's timing so many times on those early passes, you know, and you know that that for me is the key. But JT, I wanted to comment on the the game this weekend. Mm-hmm. You know, we have a long way to go with the fans here at Allegiant Stadium. I mean, there are blocks of seats open. Um, I took home five towels. My son home, mm-hmm. took home three towels. There's no one next to us. 
you got a bunch of fans walking around with jerseys from other teams. You don't have a bunch of fans. Fan. Let me stop you again because I stop anti-Raider pop propaganda. It wasn't a bunch of fans. We're, they're allowed to buy tickets. Dolphin I fans can buy eight. Wait, no, let me finish. Dolphin okay. fans are allowed to buy eight to 10,000 seats. They're allowed no. to buy them on the secondary market. Raider fans are selling these at triple the price at times. But to say there are a lot, clarify what you mean by a lot. Now, okay, I'm not talking Dolphin fans. That's totally acceptable. I'm talking, you know, people wearing Minnesota jerseys, Buffalo jerseys. Get, you know, with, about. So, what would you like jerseys. to do, Bill? Would you like to be Jersey police? I can get you hired by the Raiders, and you can stand at the front and say, "Hey, Viking jersey guy, this is a Raider game. Please don't wear that." Come on, it's a reckless, stupid topic. It's a brand new stadium. It's the jewel well, of the NFL, and you're bitching about a guy coming into the game when the team's three and zero with a Vikings jersey on. I'm just saying, JT. There's a lot of empty seats. It may be the COVID thing. Okay. I don't know, but there's tons of them. Are you a Raider fan? Yeah, JT, I'm a. I've been a Raider fan since. Okay, I'm, I'm clarifying this because Bill, my audience doesn't know you. My audience doesn't know you. So, so you're starting off my week on Raider Nation Radio, telling me about okay, all the empty all right, seats, right, and you're a Raider right, fan. No, I want. I, that's why you're going to continue. Please continue. No, okay. I'm sorry, JT. You know, I, you don't have just, to be sorry. You don't have to be sorry. Okay, you know, I should have left this topic for later in the week. Uh, you're right. No, no. I'm, you, I'm should, you should talk about whatever you want to do, but you should expect me as the host to come right back at you as I'm a season ticket holder in 132. My section is packed with Raider fans, and oh, I yeah. do see a couple of other fans, and I shake their hand, and I greet them, and, and I do the right thing. I'm not nitpicking, Bill, a 3-0 and team because some other people buy tickets, but if you want to do this, this is your station to do it. Yeah, well, you know, you were saying about the fan base here in Henderson, and, and it's mm-hmm. not here yet, man. I'm telling you. Okay, well, we'll get there. Thanks for the call. We'll get there. We'll get there. You see, what a lot of people don't understand is I put up with this crap in Oakland for a lot of years on the Raider flagship station in Oakland where I had to put out forest fires every day for people bitching and moaning about other topics. And the team was losing. So, you know, it's part of my job. It's why I get paid to do this. You know, people say, well, JT's a homer. (laughs) It's incredible. I work on the team flagship. I'm the only guy who interviews the coach every week. I do the pre- and post-game show. I want the team to win, and I want to put Raider fans on the radio. I'm at the gate as a guard at the gate trying to slow down the anti-Raider fanaticism coming from around the globe. That'll be my legacy. It's not going to be perfect for everybody else, but it's perfect for the mass majority of people who come up to me. And thank me for it. Look, if you think there are too many empty seats in your section or there's a fan or two or, or 4,000 wearing other jerseys coming in, I can't help you. There's never been a decision made in the history of the Raiders where they consulted JT the Brick. There's never been a decision on what color to paint the stadium, where to put the parking, who to sign, what to do where they consulted me. I just try to keep a fast-paced moving radio show and give Raider fans an opportunity to talk. That's it. You know, 59,000 of 62,000 went through the turnstiles during a pandemic where you have to be vaccinated. You know, I I see thousands of people at the torch who aren't in their seats because they're having a great time taking photos and selfies. 
and many, 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 many people who have zero intention to go sell their seed. But there's always going to be other people that have you know, their opinions of what's happening, and your opinion matters more than me. This is your show. I just run it with a bunch of partners and sponsors for two hours. Sean in Vegas. Thanks for holding, Sean. Go ahead. Hey, JC. How you doing? Thanks for doing taking good. my call. Thank you. I don't you. know what he was doing, but I was at the game, and it was electric. It was exciting. The fans were loud. It was a, it was so awesome to see Flores there and Plunkett and all the Hall of Famers. I had a great time. It was an awesome, awesome game. My, I, the lack of having Jacobs there, though, is very mm-hmm. concerning. I, I, I hope they can get him in this game because we need him so bad. On that fourth and one, that's when we needed him. I, there's no doubt we would have picked up the first down. But my concern is the lack of creativity – I'm not really bagging on Gruden, but with all the speed we have, why why are we not getting more creative on my, the My friend, side my of friend, the ball? okay, fair assessment. Fair assessment. Let me stop you. Derek Carr leads the NFL with over 1,200 yards passing. No one has over 1,100. How is Gruden not being creative when nine guys are touching the ball? Carr is leading the league in passing, leading the league, and every play is coming in from John Gruden. If you want to. If you want to pick the fourth down that came up short or running the ball three times in a row, which I'm not a fan of, I get it. But can you at least back up the fact that this offense has never been this wide open in Carr's entire running with Gruden? I'm I'm hitting on the the runs and so that exactly. Derek Carr is awesome. To me, he's an elite quarterback. To me, in my eyes, I think he's an elite quarterback. I love Derek Carr. I've always backed him up. But I I just wish that we could find a way to to create some something on those on those downs when it's fourth and short, let's get creative and and if Jacobs is in there, we we already know what the answer is, but mm-hmm. he's not. And I hope he can come back for this game. Yep. And we need to make Herbert super uncomfortable. That's how we're going to win the game. We need yes. to get that pass rush home. Crosby, those guys got to get home. Thanks for taking my call. Dick. Thank you, thank you for calling. I know I'm a little bit worked up today. All right, I'm a little bit worked up today. Okay, let's check the Apple Watch here. All right, we're good. We're in a good spot. Let me see that here. Ooh, okay, I am a little worked up here. But that's why you hopefully listen. Sean Merriman's going to come up next. If you're a snowflake or flower and you can't handle Sean Merriman, who might go toe-to-toe with me and the Raiders because he doesn't like the Raiders, go somewhere else. And then come back because we have the biggest streaming numbers in Vegas. And you'll come back because we got Jim Plunkett. We got the legends coming up. We got Bill Romanowski this week. I'm trying to give you the preview of the Charger game as the Raiders play Monday Night Football. It's not for the faint of heart. Raider Nation Unite! Brought to you by Remy Martin. Team up for excellence. Looks in that direction, forced out of the pocket, flush to the right, got a slant, first down, dives in zone. Jackpot, baby! Jackpot with Hunter Renfro. Yes, sir! Hunter Renfro caught the slant, broke the tackle, and made his way to the end zone. And for the first time today, the Raiders take the lead. How about that? Brent Musburger on the call, JT. Back with you as we continue on. Sean Merriman's going to join us 
in a few minutes here to preview the Chargers coming up on Monday. And the Chargers played in some interesting games. They beat, you know, the Cowboys beat them in a game that they should have won. And they beat Washington, the Chargers did on a game that Washington should have won. Washington football team at home fumbled the ball on a handoff in their own zone. It gave the Chargers the ability. So the Chargers could be undefeated. You know, they're a two and one team. They could be one and two. They've definitely had a couple of games so far. They've had a couple of games so far this year that have been really unique, unique games, and they've been like the Raider games. Uh, They've been close, and they could have went either way. They could have went either way, and they found a way to win. And I think they have a much better roster than I've seen in the past. You know, they've had good rosters with Phillip Rivers. They really have. But the problem with the Chargers over the years is injuries. They've, They've been injured a bunch a bunch over the last couple of years with Derwin James, who's one of the best players in all of football, one of the best. So now they got him back, and he changes the back end of that defense. Uh, Nick in Long Island. Go ahead, Nick. How are you, my friend? Doing great, JT. 3-0. and Everything's great. All is great. Um, just to touch, I, would, I didn't qualify to speak about this, but this guy worried about other fans in, in the stadium with other jerseys on. It's so bizarre. We – Look forward to this game in L.A. every year because we outnumber the Charger fans by 80 to 20 percent. Like, this is America. You're allowed. I'm, I'm going to the Giant game this year in my Raiders jersey. Like, that's how it goes. Sometimes there's going to be opposing fans that go and watch their favorite team. It's okay. Well, you know, Nick, what, what else is interesting is what a lot of fans I don't think realize. And, you know, I'm a Yankee fan. You know, when you see a Yankee game and there's all those empty seats behind home plate, a lot of those fans are in the club. Right, they're in the they're in the Delta Club, the Yankee Club, and I think there are a lot of fans. I, I went to Tom Flores's halftime celebration, and I felt like I needed to walk through the Twitch Lounge with a bullhorn and tell everybody to get out of the lounge and go to their seats and watch. This is an entertainment city. A lot of people are, are just quickly wanting to be entertained. But wrap it up. I have a guest. Go ahead. Uh, okay. No, the only thing is just it's a disturbing trend. You were talking about it yesterday. Two times last year, the Jet game and the Charger game that we won. These are two score games that we blew because we're worried about running the clock out. It happened against Pittsburgh, and now mm-hmm. again it happened against Miami. Make it a three-score game. Stop running the ball and trying to run out the clock. You win the game by making it a three-score game. Stop putting these teams away. Stop being conservative. It's going to eventually bite us because it's happened at like four yep. wins now in the last two years where it's bitten us and you've given these games away. Luckily, they close them out in the end, but it doesn't have to be that way. Make I got it. three-score games. Yeah, I got it. Appreciate it. We're talking about play calling. My next guest is a three-time Pro Bowler, two-time first-team All-Pro. He was the NFL Defensive Rookie of the Year in 2005, the sack leader in 2006. He's on the Chargers' 50th anniversary team, friend of the show. I go way back with Sean Merriman joins us. Sean, thanks for coming on Raider Nation Radio, where a lot of Raider fans didn't want me to put you on. They're saying you're the enemy. I say, Sean's a friend. We need you for the analysis. How are you? I'm doing well, man. How about yourself? Couldn't be better. And again, before we get into the rivalry and your dislike as a player of the Raiders, you've been here in Vegas now to see the opening of Allegiant Stadium. You know the owner, Mark Davis. You've seen the casino corridor and what's happening with real estate out here. Let's talk about the positives of the Raiders coming to Vegas and what it's done for this town. Well, you know, for one, I always say this, um, you know, and I hate to admit this, but it, it is very true. They have a strong fan base, right? I think they're the maybe the only team that you can go anywhere in the country and see a Raiders jersey or Raiders fans, right? And I think that is, if any team was going to move to Las Vegas, um, 
that it was probably the Raiders. They're, they're the only ones that can move here and, and have an instant fan base. You're right, the, the stadium is incredible. We talked uh, a few months ago with the uh, big casino that was opening up out here, and I got a chance to see the Raiders stadium at that point. And I said, man, this is nice. You know, now they've got to win some games, so they're 3-0. I guess they're winning some games now. Yeah, Sean Merriman's my guest. We hung out at the opening of Resorts World. We're doing Monday Night Football there at Doghouse. So, Sean, quickly before we get into the game, I want to go to SoFi Stadium and how that is gorgeous. It's it's bigger than any stadium. It's got everything, but the Chargers got to sell tickets. And I've said that I think Dean should buy every billboard in that town and sell Justin Herbert for any fan that's on the fence and I'm not talking Raider fans and Ram fans but as you know LA's so big sell the quarterback because he's one of the more special players in the entire league absolutely um and look this is such a quarterback driven league and the quarterback star league that that's how you build your marketing your your uh, your organization everything around and, you know, having Philip Rivers there for so long and then being able to pass this torch to Justin Herbert, I mean, Char- Char- the Chargers fans, they have to feel fortunate. They have to feel like they're in good hands um, because he's a star. And he's one of these guys that um, he doesn't come across as, as being very outspoken. He's getting more comfortable, I think, in, in the media and in, in around organization and being like the face of the franchise and things like that. But all in all, man, this guy has it. Uh, he has a, a kind of a, a persona and charisma about him that when you meet him for the first time, he has a statue. Just you feel a presence of a, a star that's in a room, and that's hard to do. And a lot of these guys are trying to be stars, or whatever. He just has it. So you're you're absolutely right. If you know, if I'm the charge organization and um, you know, Mrs. Fanel being on over there, I would say, look, man, let's go full in on promoting this guy. He's going to be our guy for the next decade plus, and let's really get behind it. Sean Merriman is our guest, former great player for the Chargers and the Bills. So let's jump into the rivalry. You get drafted, you come in, you start dominating early. You're going up against the Raiders twice a year. What was that experience like your first time going up against Raider Nation at home and on the road from the fans and the opponents you went up against? Give me some early memories. Well, it, it was something I'd never seen before, right? Um, obviously, you know, coming from college and playing at the University of Maryland, um, but coming out, I didn't understand what the rivalry really meant until Marty Schottenheimer. I mean, we obviously our price were hard. Marty, Marty Schottenheimer was tough on us. He was a hard-nosed kind of coach. But it was something that he brought to the table during Raider, Raider Week that always stood out. Like, even now to this day, he just made it such an emphasis that this is Raider Week and the tempo practices were, were, were faster. Uh, we had to be more sharper. I remember him starting periods and practice over a few times that week because everything had to be perfect. It had to be on another level when playing the Raiders. And I didn't understand it at the time until we went into the black hole, until we went to the stadium. And, and the, the, you know, the craziness that was outside, the just going through and things being thrown at the bus and, and all the costumes and, and everything. It was, it was the closest thing you can, you can picture to, to being in a movie setting, a movie atmosphere, something you don't even believe that's real. Um, so I, it all made sense, and, and that's why. And, and also, too, let's not forget it's a divisional opponent. Everybody's fighting to, fighting for the division, but it's just a little bit different when you're playing the Raiders. What did the legacy of Junior Seau before you being the greatest defender? And there's been great players in this league, but Junior was different. I got to know him real well before he passed. And you coming in and knowing that Junior Seau was before you and really the level of intensity that a lot of people compared you to and said, hey, you're here now. Junior is a legend, a future Hall of Famer. What was that connection like? You know, after my rookie year, uh, I remember coming in for workouts during the offseason, and it was an article that came out in the Union Tribune comparing me to Junior Seau. 
And you know, normally you, you want to get compared to greats. You want to be on your own, man. You know, but at the same time, when they compare you to somebody like Junior Seau, that's that's some big shoes to fill because outside of him being a just a great football player and great person, he was San Diego. This is somebody that had such a superhero-like figure to all of us. So to be compared to them, I remember my hands kind of shaking reading it uh, in front of my locker, and um, it was it was a huge compliment. Um, you know, I'd rather not. Uh, have those comparisons so mm-hmm. early on until I when I pulled myself a little bit more, but just to even be mentioned in that in that same paragraph and that same article as Junior Sal was just was just insane. Sean Merriman, as we wrap it up, I'm going to be sitting down with John Gruden later in the week, and I know he's going to bring up Derwin James and Joey Bosa. You know them both. You've seen them. You've broken down their film on TV and radio. What are the Raiders? have to be concerned about their, their unbelievable athletes, and the Raiders are going to have to pass-protect Carr. As you know, Derek has thrown for 1,200 yards already. He's a front-runner early for the MVP. So the concerns for the Raiders figuring out James on the back end and Bosa coming off the edge. Yeah, well, you know, Derwin's going to make his presence felt. Um, you know, he's, he's one of these guys that he, when he gets to the football, he doesn't just tackle the guy. He finishes them, um, and he's imposing. Right, you look at him, and I remember the first time I seen him at practice, and the first thing I was thinking in my head, I said, "There's no way in hell this guy is that big and that fast and that agile, uh, and can move like that." So he's going to have a big presence. But as far as Joey, Joey was banged up. I, I saw he had the, the ankle injury. So if he walks into this weekend uh, at 80 percent, yeah, they're going to get after Derek Carr. But you know, they uh, the Raiders they had a hard-fought game against Miami. They pulled one off. Um, that was a big game for them. It was a, a confidence boost. Uh, in my opinion, there should be two 3-0 and teams playing right now with a little bit mm-hmm. even more on the line. Uh, but it, it is going to be a great game because that, that you know this whole week is intense. But leading up and that, that Sunday before the uh, Monday night game, you just feel – I don't know how some of the players are going to sleep. I just remember that feeling of being able to play the Raiders. And it's going to be a big game. Sean, I know how serious you take your business from apparel and especially lights out extreme fighting November 19th. At Resorts World, we both know Scott Sabella well, what they're doing. The property is amazing. We were there for the grand opening. I keep reminding people locally and nationally, you got to see Resorts World. It's like nothing the world has seen. And you got a partnership inside that casino resort. Tell me about it. Yeah, so we're coming up uh, November 19th. Uh, Lights Out Extreme Fight will be our first fight there. Uh, great partner to have with Resorts World. And like you said before, um, you know, you've been a, a lot of casinos. I've been a lot of casinos, in, not in the country, but in the world. Um, but it's just, but it's just a sight to see, uh, you know, this, to walk up and see something that big and that amazing, and knowing that we're, you know, the first MMA lead to go in there and, and have an opportunity to have a fight and a big show there. The show's going to be on Fubo Sports Live if people don't make it. Uh, definitely come November nineteenth, Lights Out Extreme Fighting that result. It'll be a big one. I will be there with you again if we can help you promote it right before that again. Come on again. Thanks for doing this, Sean. Because I want to end it on this note. If I send you some of the tweets I got. From tough guys saying, blank, Sean, this or that. If I can line them all up for one of my remotes and they all agree to come there and say this to your face and I give them $1,000 to do it, will you, will you, can we support one of your charities to, to face some of these Twitter tough guys? You know what? Bring some of those Raiders fans. November 19th, I'll put them right in the cage and line each one and every one of them up and let's see what they got in Lights Out Extreme fighting. But, uh, it is, you know, I love it. I love the fan base. I love going back and forth with them. It's called social media for a reason. I want to be social, not in a good way, but the Raiders fans. And so come on through November 19th, Lights Out Extreme Fight, and I will line each and every one of those. I will top. I will put 1,000 on your 1,000 if those Raiders fans show up.
You got it. Appreciate it, my friend. Talk to you soon. Take care. Yeah, thanks for having me. Sean Merriman. So maybe I should get this Nikki Six guy and all the other guys that are out there. OC Raiders 714. All these guys who said heinous, horrible, personal things about me. JT, who's trying to open up the gates to the world to the Raider Nation. Maybe we should put them in the cage with Sean Merriman and see if they could last and say what they said on social media to me and Sean. I love his definition of social media. Man, if, if one day God comes down and takes away all social media, I think it'll be a cleaner world to live in. Until then, I'm at JT the Brick on Twitter and on Facebook, at JT the Brick. Please follow. Lights out. He mentioned Derwin James and what he does, a lot like Jonathan Abram. I think that's the comp for Jonathan Abram. The problem is, you know, Jonathan lost his first year to injury, right? He played one half of the game. And Derwin James, who I thought by now would be maybe have at least one, because Aaron Donald's the best defender that this league has seen since Reggie White, right? He's the best. It's Lawrence Taylor, Reggie White, Aaron Donald. And I'm talking all time. But Derwin James, when he came into the league and we started to see him play safety, I thought that he would win an NFL Defensive Player of the Year and have multiple chances to do that. You know, Jamal Adams, who left the Jets to go to Seattle, who's a big safety, he's not as good as Derwin James. I don't think so. So the Raiders are going to have to be aware of him, especially in the running game, but the Raiders don't have a running game now. They don't have a running game at all. So how do they get the running game going without Josh? I don't think we're going to find out a lot lot about Josh Jacobs this week because I think the Raiders are going to err on the side of caution with him. And then, as John Gruden said, get him on the grass later in the week. And if they're able to do that, then we have an opportunity to talk about, you know, the feature running back back. But the Raiders' backups and Kenyon Drake's getting paid a lot of money. Mike in Staten, Italy, who's a UFC fan. How are you, Mikey? Go ahead. Yo, JT, doing well. That, yeah, that, that was a perfect spot. I think this game comes down to, first of all, I want to see Wednesday, Thursday, Herbert uh, left Kansas City with his hand wrapped. Uh, he hit mm-hmm. her on a helmet. Let's see if he's not 100%. That's a little extra for us. But to me, this game comes down when uh, the Chargers have the ball and the Raiders are on defense. It comes down to Crosby against Slater. Whoever wins that battle is, is going to be, we can't let Herbert set his feet. We need, we need that pressure that their defensive line has been sticking to all these first three games. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. And you know what, JT? I understand Jacobs is a great running back. and I'm not taking mm-hmm. that from him. But the depth we have in wide receiver, Ruggs is playing now. Uh, yeah. What is his name? Second down Renfro or third down Renfro? Third he, and Renfro. Me, third and Renfro. It, uh, amazing. Waller, they got to double him. So that's just opening up. I just think, but if you told me before the season starts that we would be 3-0 and going into this game, JT, I'll take it. I, I think this, this game's a coin flip. I think, I think whoever, it's going to be a battle of attrition. But the one big difference between this, rage, uh, this Charger team and Charger teams from the past is Viscaino, they finally have a field goal kicker. How many games did they lose with yeah. their field goal kicker? Carlson. And I love ours. Yep, thanks, Mikey. Good to hear from you. Carlson's an X-Factor. He's a great kicker. And how about A.J. Cole punting? You know, a lot of people who are questioning Coach Gruden, and I'll ask him about that for TV Thursday, radio for Friday. Why go for it backed up on fourth and one when you have a punter that good? I mean, this, this team's got had the greatest punters in the history of the league. Shane Leckler, and before that, the greatest of all time, Ray Guy. And now Cole's got a big leg. 
And I love the fact that Cole kicks it to the sideline. I love that. I don't like kicking the ball right down the middle where there can be a return. There's no need to. They took the foot out of football. The league no, no longer wants anybody to run back a kickoff due to violence and concussions, and they don't want anybody to take back a punt either. So the Raiders have a punter that can kick it and boom it 50-plus, 60 yards, and then put it in the corner the way Ray Guy used to do it. I'm just shocked that more punters don't treat the sport like an art and try to go and kick it to the coffin's corner. Do it that way. And then if I was a punter, I would want to do that. I'd want everybody giving me a standing ovation because I put it out of bounds at the three-yard line. It's hard to do. Not many can do that. So let's go out to Fargo Raider. Fargo Raider, go ahead. What's happening? Go ahead. Hey, You're JT. up, buddy. How are you? Uh, I, wanted, I wanted to touch on a few things. I wanted to start out by saying that the I think the key to the game is whoever plays the cleaner game. We're mm-hmm. pretty evenly matched up. They're explosive. We're explosive. Our yes. defense is showing up, and so has theirs. So whoever can limit the mistakes on both sides of the ball and and the special teams, I think, is going to come out to win this game. Now, I also wanted to address the, the guy who called about the jerseys. Look, I don't like it. None of us like it when they're in our stadiums. But this is the jewel of the NFL now. We built that beautiful stadium so people from all around the world could come and watch our Raiders and other teams play there, and hopefully our Raiders win. What I do think is that we should harass those fans like we did in the town. When you see them pass by your section, yell Raiders, keep the chant going. I mean, get in their face yep. about it in a good way, in a, yep. in a sportsmanlike way, because above all, we we are also a storage franchise, and we want to have a good reputation going Absolutely. forward. Absolutely. Yell, yell, yell Raiders at them. Wear black in our stadium. Be loud on offense and just win, baby. Yep, thank you. Look, we, we're Vegas. It's different. I've lived here a long time. Tourists come to Vegas to have a good time. Some are going to get up early and leave. Some are going to spend too much time in the club. Some are going to sit and watch the game on TV in the building. It's not going to be Raider football from 1974. It's not. If you don't want to come... There are thousands of people that will take your spot. Thousands that will take your ticket and they want your ticket. And out of those thousands, yeah, a few hundred will be from the other team. And they're coming to Vegas. They're not coming to Portland. They're not coming to San San Antonio. They're not coming to Ames, Iowa. Do we all get this? They're coming to Las Vegas. It's a different experience. It's a unique experience. And some people get it. Most people get it. The ones who don't. We'll bring them along. We'll bring them along because it's one big nation. Remember, there's only one nation, the Raider Nation. And we talk about that here every day. Brought to you by Wahoo's Fish Taco. I love going to Wahoo's. I love the California beach cuisine. Well, they got some guys on their team that are looking forward to playing against those guys you're thinking about. So uh, it's, it's, uh, it's how you look at it. You know, I'm sure our guys are excited to go up against their former team, and I'm sure they feel very excited to, to go up against these guys. So it'll be an emotional game. It always is when we play the Chargers, and um, we're looking forward to it. It'll be a great challenge. My best memories in Raider Nation have been Charger games in San Diego on the road. Been at Denver, been at Kansas City. I love 
going to San Diego. JT, back with you. Go to the website, jointhefan.com. It's a website and a great, great idea about fans having a voice. My buddy Andy Copel is going to join us at the top of the hour. His golf tournament is coming up this Saturday at Angel Park. I'm playing in it. I'm a part of the Fan Action Network. We'll tell you about that at the top of the hour as we continue on. Uh, Andy in Vegas. Uh, Alan in Vegas, you're up next. Go ahead, Alan. Thanks for waiting. Hey, yes, sir, JC. Uh, first off, I have to put it on record. I hate I hated Sean Merriman mm-hmm. the Chargers, but only because I respected his game and the way he played, his passion for the game. And even though the Chargers got the best of us back then, it was always a fun game. I, I always enjoyed it. Um, the second, speaking of the defense, I want to give credit to our defense. They are playing so much more better, better thus far mm-hmm. compared to last season as a unit. They're just playing with more confidence. They're playing more free, uh, just making plays. They, they, they look like they are not thinking as much anymore. And I believe that's helping Derek Carr play more confidently. He doesn't have to put up 30-something points a game. Although we are putting 30 mm-hmm. points a game, he looks like he's playing more free as well. Yeah, I agree with you. Appreciate the call. This defense isn't perfect yet. Uh, Max Crosby and Yannick Ngakwe off the edge gives this team now a fear factor that other teams have to prepare for. Just like the Raiders now, as they have a young offensive line that's banged up, they got to leave a tight end in. They got to chip with a fullback or a running back to stop the edge rushing of other teams. Well, that's what other teams are doing now against the Raiders. You got to account for not only the exterior pass rush, But the interior pass rush, which is giving the secondary an advantage. Remember, if they're getting home, if Max, Yannick, and the rest of the interior pass rushers are getting home earlier, it helps out the entire secondary. We're brought to you by Sam and Ash. Give them a call, 702-820-1234. Sam and Ash, our team in your corner because you deserve what's right.